his um, football cap and puts on his preacher's hat. He, Mark told me a few years ago, he said that uh, actually um, when he left football, he didn't know that he was going to become a coach, and he thought preaching could be his deal. He might, might go into pastoring kind of thing. Who knows what, where God might lead, but it seems like you're in the right place right now. Um, Mark, uh, in case you didn't know, uh, was with the Montreal Alouettes, uh, BC Lions, grew up in Washington, D.C. area, uh, is a Washington Redskins fan, is that correct? And uh, they're nowhere near the Super Bowl as far as I know. Um, but they're still your team, and that's, I, I appreciate the loyalty there. Uh, you, you played up to three or four years ago and then became a defensive uh, back coach and, and uh, subsequently became a defensive coordinator. And uh, it, he's got a dear wife, Judy, uh, two little kids, Jeremiah and, and Imani, correct? Um, and we are so privileged. He, he somehow uh, makes a way to come here every year. We have to negotiate seriously to get him, get him in the building. And uh, my people call his people and all this. But uh, God's really, uh, it's, it's really been a blessing, uh, Mark, to get to know you over the years. And, uh, and to have you here. Why don't you come on up here and I'll pray for you. And uh, why don't we just bow our heads and commit the rest of the morning to, to the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. Um, thank you for the way you're using Mark in the football world. Um, and, uh, Lord, his, his presence there as salt and light, as an encouragement to young men, um, as a mentor, uh, God, as a leader. Uh, Father, we're thankful for the way uh, you've given him such a heart to have you at the center and football is at the periphery, God, and it's something, just a, something he does. We pray you'd continue to empower him in that role and uh, expand his influence and, and bless his relationships with uh, the guys, the team, and uh, with the new coaching staff especially, Lord, we pray for this transition for that team. Pray you'd bless them in that. And this morning, Lord, uh, as he speaks, um, we pray we would have open ears to hear and uh, he would have an open mouth with which to speak, and that uh, the two would merge, and we would uh, we would hear truth and have it change us. So we give you these this next thirty or forty minutes and ask you to speak to us today, God, and in, uh, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brother. Believe it or not, Darwin, it's um, you won't believe this. Well, you will believe it because I'm going to tell you, but. It's been seven years already that I retired. I'm going into my eighth year of coaching. Seriously. I, it seems like, oh, just a couple of days ago. I'm a, I got glasses, man. I'm a little bit older, man. You know what I mean? You're really old. That's what I'm saying, you know. I don't mind getting older. Um, my pastor at home used to say, you're either going to get old or die. So make up your mind which one you want. I'll take the getting older part. It's all good, you know. Um, I am happy to be with you guys again. Um, it is always a treat uh, when Duran calls. He normally calls in the fall, and uh, we, we pick a date, but we always move the date about three or four times, you know, because it all depends on schedule and what he's doing and everything. But um, uh, we all know, by the grace of God, sometime during that year, we're going to connect, and, and I'm excited about that, and we always have a good, uh, good time here. Um, I don't want to waste any time. Let's get right into it. And um, you see the title of the message today. The call is bigger than the pit. 
it doesn't sound pretty. It's, it's, it's no rhyming to it. It's no alliteration. It's just it is what it is. That's me. It is what it is. Take it. Let's go with it. Y'all cool with that? All right, now, look, we got to have some interaction now. Come on. All right. All right. All right. Now, don't, it don't have to be false. Just be, let it be authentic. You know what I mean? All right, good. But the call is bigger than the pit. And I want to read the scripture. I want to read the scriptures in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm sure most of us have read this. This one, I'm, I'm going to stand to the side every time I try to read. You can see it, right? I don't want to cover anybody's vision. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's where I want to start. That the Lord who has begun a good work in you and in me will complete that work. Amen? And it really doesn't matter what type of hardship or what type of pit you may find yourself in. That God, when he begins a work in you, he will complete it. It is a sign, it is a, 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 an outcome of God's sovereignty and his power. That when he starts something, he finishes it. And if God has called you to do something, if God has assigned you to do something, you will get it done. I should rephrase that. He will get it done. Y'all get that? Or you don't get it now, hopefully in a few minutes, you'll get it. Go to this next thing right here. These guys, Noah, Jacob, Moses, Paul, Sarah, Peter, James, all of these people on the screen all have something in common. And the thing is this, at some point, God called each one of these people to do something for him. Whether it was Noah, whether it was Jacob, whether it was Moses, whoever it was, God called these people to do something. There was a calling on their life. But at some point in their life, they were in a pit. They were in a hard time. They were in a challenge. There was something that was challenging them that could have resisted the calling on their life. Do you understand? But in each case, but in each case, God finished what he started. Amen? I'm here to tell you guys that the call is bigger than the pit. God revealed this to me when it was a few months ago. I was, for some reason, I was thinking about, I was reflecting on, I was thinking about my wife. And I was thinking about our marriage and, you know, I have the best wife in the world. I know you guys say you got the best wife, but I'm sorry. I got the best wife in the world, you know. And, and, and she's an awesome lady. You know, and I have two wonderful children and they're just great. And then I started to think about, you know, because... I'm coaching and I'm impacting, you know, these young men. And then I realized a few years ago what my calling was. And my calling, the Lord laid out to me, he said, Mark, you will be an impactor and a leader of men. That's your job. That's what you're going to do. You're going to impact men, especially young men. That's what you're going to do. And look where I put you. 
You're a coach. You're around big, stinky young men all day. And it is your job to do what? Lead them and to impact them. Now, like you said, I thought about the ministry. I'm in full-time ministry. I'm in full, I'm in ministry like you would not believe. If they go to church, they may see the pastor for 5, 10, 20 minutes on that one day. I see them every single day for hours. I have impact on their life. That's my calling. And as I, and as I begin to think about that, I look back at a time in my life in which I describe it. It was a, it was a dark time in my life. I had just graduated from university. I had a pretty good job. This was before, you know, well, before my football career continued. But I was living in a dark place. I wasn't following the Lord the way I ought to. I wasn't studying my word. I wasn't praying. I wasn't, you know, uh, attending church or anything like that. I had no fellowship with believers. I was in a relationship with a young lady that I shouldn't have been in a relationship with. I mean, it was bad. I was living, the place I was living, it was a pit. I mean, there's no bone. I had broke, I didn't have any furniture, and the little bit of furniture I had was broken. Like the drawers didn't work, the bed, if I jumped on the bed, it broke, it was bad. And now I look at where God has brought me, where I am now, and I look back out there, And God told me that day as I reflected, Mark, you understand what I'm saying? The call that I have in your life is bigger than the pit that you were in. Here's the reason why he said that. Because I actually wanted the pit. I actually wanted that. You know, it was sin. Y'all know sin is fun, right? Don't act like it ain't. Come on, y'all. Sin is fun. We like it. It's exciting. It's fair. I get to do what I want. I'm my own man. I was 23 years old, 24 years old. I'm my own man. I finally I get to do what I want. I make the money. I spend the money. Whatever I want to do, I can do it. That was the life I wanted. But that life led me right to the pit, literally. But thank God, the call of my life is greater than the pit that I was in. You guys understand that? I'm here to give, I'm here to share hopefully some hope with you guys. You may be in a pit right now. You may be in a hard time or you may be about to go through something right now. But understand what God has and what he wants to accomplish in your life, he will complete it. It's bigger than the pit. Y'all guys get that? So check this out. As I begin to reflect on that, that time, I said, but God, how is it that the call is bigger than the pit when I actually wanted the pit. And he began to show me these things. He began to show me that there are three kind of pits. Three kind of pits. There's the God-allowed pit. There's the pit made by other people. And then there's the self-created pit. Y'all see that? We're going to go through each one real quick. There are people in the Bible in each one of these categories. You, throughout your life, will be in one of these pits at some point. You'll be in several. I've been in all three. You know what I mean? I'm sure, by the grace of God, if I keep living, I'm going to be in some more. You understand what I'm saying? All right, so let's look at the first one. The God-allowed pit. 
Let's look at Job. The life and the story of Job. This was, do y'all know the story of Job? Y'all know what happened with him? That was a God-allowed pit. Y'all know what Satan, Satan came up to the Lord and he said, you know, what you been up to? He said, oh, I've been going around the earth. I'm trying to get one of your guys. And he said, well, what about Job? Okay, yeah, take Job. Do what you got to do with him. Y'all, y'all know the story, right? You've been teaching that, right? I'm sure you have. Okay, good. I stay away from Job. Oh, you stay away from <laughs> You see, because the Bible says that Job was a righteous man. He was a righteous guy. He was a good guy. Blameless and all he does. He was very rich, too. He had a bunch of kids, 10 of them, a lot of kids. He had thousands of donkeys and sheep and camel. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The man had a lot of money. He, was, he had it. But in one day, after the Satan had approached the Lord, in one day, Job lost everything. He lost his kids. He lost his, his sheep and his camel, his money. He lost all he had, just like this. It says in the Bible, then the Lord said to Satan, the Satan, like I said, he had talked to him. He said, behold, all that he, this is Satan. Then the Lord said to me, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. In other words, God said, okay, Satan, you go ahead. Just don't touch him. You can do whatever you want to him. Just don't touch him. And sure enough, in one day, Job lost everything. His family, his money, his his estate, all he had was gone. And the, the, the part that we have trouble with is that God actually allowed that to happen. Listen, if I cause my own pit, I can deal with that. If you mess with me and you cause me to live in a pit, okay, I can deal with that. But sometimes we have a hard time grasping our head around the fact that, you know what, sometimes God allows us to go through a hard time. Amen? But if God is sovereign, if God has all power, if God is totally 100% in control of all things, why do we worry? Why do we worry? You mean God allowed this? Yes. And if he allowed it, he could also stop it. And it really doesn't matter what I'm going through and while I'm going through it because I know that God is sovereign and he is still with me. That's the song you just sang a little while ago, right? I'm not alone, I'm not alone, or whatever. You don't, don't ask me to sing. But you understand what you say? <laughs> so we're sitting here singing this song, getting all excited, but really, is it a song or does it really mean something to you in your life? Are you singing that at 3 o'clock in the morning? Are you singing that when you're hurting, when you're in pain, when you've lost everything, like my brother Job did? You understand where I'm coming from? You understand where I'm coming from? All right, good. Go to the next one, brother. So then Satan said this. After he took all this stuff, took all his possessions, took his family, he went back to God because we'll see in a minute that Job did not curse God. Job didn't cuss God out. Job wasn't mad or all upset. He just worshiped the Lord. So Satan went back to God and he said, all right, listen, man. I took all his stuff and he didn't do what I wanted him to do. But I, God, if you just let me 
You didn't allow me to touch him, but if you let me touch him, if you let me get on his body, because we're all good, but when you start messing with a person's body, when you start getting sick and broke up, oh, man, all right, now I know he's going to curse you then. God said, okay. So the Lord says, all right, behold, he is in your power. Only spare his life. Well, God was saying, listen, you go ahead. You can, you can do whatever you want to him. Just don't kill him. So, you know, Satan got excited about that. And you know what the Bible said? All of a sudden, Job got what? These boils, these sores, these open, nasty sores. The Bible said he had them from, from head to toe. He had them all. His body was covered. He got so ugly, got to the fact that his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? When your wife does, says that to you, bro, <laughs> I guess she got sick of looking at him or something. <laughs> like, man, you stink, you nasty. Just curse God and get this over with because you are in bad shape. But Job didn't abandon God. And Job knew that God had not abandoned him. Go to the next one. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Even though he was sick, his body was ripped to shreds, even though he had lost everything, he lost his family. At what point do we draw the line for God? At what point do we say, all right, God, you can do this, you can do this, but the minute you do this, I'm done with you. Job didn't do that. I love this. And this, 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 this is such a, a, a dramatic symbol of what it's like. Job just lost his, uh, his, his kids. Job just lost his, his estate. He lost all his money, everything he had worked for. In, in Job chapter 1, verse 20, says, Then Job arose and tore his robe, shaved his head. Yeah. All the shaved brothers in the house. Shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. How many of us can say when hard times come, I mean, when they come and they blindside you, you fall to the ground and worship? Let me tell y'all something. After we lost to Montreal in the playoffs, it was hard to lay on the ground and worship. You understand? When, 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 when our head coach got fired and I'm sitting here wondering, am I going to have a job? We just moved to a new house. I, we, we're in a house not even a year yet and I'm sitting here, I'm like, I might have to sell my house. It is tough to lay on the ground and worship. But God brought me back to this point. I said, Judy, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen to us, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to praise God. Because I don't, look, he brought us here. You don't think he can bring us out of this? Why are we worried about this? Are we, a, are we fair weather fans here or what? Let me tell you what Job's life proved. Check this out. I love this. You got to read the book of Job. Take a couple days, read it. It's awesome. You get to the part in Job 38 where God says, enough is enough. I'm sick of you talking to me all crazy. All your friends talking crazy to me. God said, that's enough. He kicks the door down. He, oh, he didn't do that. But he came down and he spoke to Job and his friends in a, in a storm. God spoke to him in a storm. 
Yeah, let that resonate on you for a minute. All this rain we've been getting and all this, hey, you better listen out. God spoke to them and saw him, and God just, for four chapters, God just blew his head off. Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? Where were you? How can you question me, God is saying. Then Job says, oh, well, uh, he got humble, and he backed up, and he said, I know that you can do all things, God. And here's my favorite part, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. No purpose that you have, God, can be stopped. The call on my life cannot be stopped. What you want to do with this young man right here cannot be stopped. Y'all get that? Look what happened. The Lord restored the fortunes of Job. Wow, isn't that nice? The Lord increased all that Job had twofold. He had 3,000 sheep. Now he had 6,000 sheep. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job's life more than his beginning. This is what Job's life proved. Let's go to the next one. Job's life proved that even righteous people have pits. God, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I go to Connect Six with the women. I go and I listen to him. I pray. We, we do this. We do this. I'm going to the Super Bowl party. I witness to my brothers. I'm doing, God, what am I doing wrong? And I'm still in a pit. Hey, righteous people have pits. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Job's life also proved that it is possible, listen to this, y'all. His life proved that it is possible for us to remain faithful to God, even in hard times. Let me tell you why I am where I am. I am a coach for the Lions because God wants me to continue to show the young men that it is possible to live a Christian life. To be in that world of professional sports and still trust God and still walk with him. Let me tell you something. And all your friends at work and your neighbors, let me tell you something. All they want to see is, is this Christian thing possible? Can I do it? They know right and wrong. They actually know where they should be. They just need to see you. Because they want to know, can this happen? Or will I be like the rest of the guys who work and work and do it, and then right when I get to a certain height, I do what? Fall. They want to know, is it possible? Job just proved it and said, yes, it's possible for you to remain faithful to God. Even when God allows the pit. Y'all see where I'm coming from? Y'all got that? All right, here we go. Let's go to the next pit. The next pit is pit made by other people. Joseph, his life is the, is, the, is the ultimate example of that. Y'all know his story, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You taught on that, right? I know you did. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Joseph, y'all know, had this dream. It was a dream, but it was really God just revealing to him the call that he had on his life. He had a dream that at some point, he had a, you know, a couple of dreams, he had... 
at some point, his brothers were going to do what to him? Bow down to him. Now, wait a minute. I think Joseph was number 11 of 12. He wasn't number one. It's okay, all right. You the oldest, all right? Yeah, you want your brother to bow to you. <laughs> no, nah, not the other way around. I'm just sorry, bro. It's two of y'all. It was 12 of them. And he was way down there. At some point, he's like, hey, y'all going to bow to me. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're not number two here, bro. You're number 11. You kidding me? His brother got upset about that. <laughs> they were so bad that his brothers got so offended by that. They wanted to kill him. I know you've been mad at your brother. You ain't never want to kill him, did you? Oh, I, I hope not. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is the, the craziest thing. They wanted to kill him. Then Reuben, being the oldest brother, said, wait a minute. We can't kill a boy, man. He's our little brother. How about this? Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. Don't kill him. Let's just throw him in the pit. Throw him into this pit that, that's in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him. We can't kill a little boy. He's our little brother. We can't kill him. Let's just throw him in the pit. Reuben had a plan to come back and get him later, but whatever. That didn't work out that way. Sometimes we find ourselves in a pit, in this case, literally, that has been set up by other people. People hate you. People don't like you, man. People don't enjoy you at all. You get on their nerves. You understand? And people come up with ways to make you fall. People come up with ways to put you in the pit. You understand where I'm coming from? Go to the next one. When God has a call in your life, guess what? Others will hate you. When God has his hand on your life, when he's directing your steps, when he's ordering your way, it's going to be some people who see that, and guess what? They're going to hate you. I don't mean dislike. I mean literally, if murder was legal, they come get you. There was a movie out a couple of months ago where it was like for a day or so you could break any law. I can't remember the name of it, but you know what I'm talking about. That was it, Purge, yeah. So, <laughs> and so, I don't know, for a certain period of time, you could break any law. And so they were just killing people and everything like that. If that happened here, would somebody come after you? I hope so. I know that sounded funny, but I really hope so. When God has a call in your life, people will hate you. As a matter of fact, when God has a call in your life, Satan will try to hinder you. He's going to do everything he can to keep that from to coming to pass. Y'all remember what happened to Joseph? He was sold into slavery, threw in the pit, and then they brought him out, and they sold him into slavery, and then he went to Egypt. He was a slave. He was working for this guy named Potiphar, right? Y'all remember him? All right, and then he was, I mean, he was a great worker. He was in charge of Potiphar's house. I mean, he was the man. But Joseph was a nice-looking brother. And Potiphar's wife said, hmm. Y'all know what happened, right? 
She tried to come after him time after time after time after time again. Joseph was like, no, lady, what is your problem? I can't do that. I will not sin against my God, and I will not sin against my master, Potiphar. He's given me everything in this house except for you, and you think I'm going to take you? No way. Y'all know what happened. She screamed rape. She, you know, he said, I'm out of here. Took his coat. He was gone. A little while later, he ended up where? In jail, right? Satan was like, yes, I got him in jail for rape. He's never getting out of there. The call in his life, this whole bowing thing, it can never take place. Satan thought he won. But we know what happened. Y'all know the story. I don't want to go too deep. I got a few more minutes. Y'all did? Satan will try to hinder you in that part of his wife. Ultimately, did Joseph accomplish his calling? Not only did he accomplish his calling, he saved Egypt from a terrible famine. Not only did he save Egypt, he saved the nations around them. To the point, y'all know what happened. His brothers and his entire nation came to Egypt for food and for protection and for help. And what did his brothers do? Bowed down before him. You see, even when other people create pits for you, God will accomplish what he has set out to accomplish in your life. Amen? You, oh, go back, go back. I intended to, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to what? Accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That's what Joseph said to his brothers. Hey, y'all tried, you tried to get me, it's okay. It's all right. You created a pit for me, it's okay. God still accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. Go to the next one. What happened? What happened? What happened? At, think about this. At some point, it was tough on Joseph. He knew what was supposed to happen. He knew. It's like, I know the dream I had. And I'm in this stinking prison on a, on a fake rape charge? Are you kidding me? But he was patient. And he kept on believing. This jumped out because last week after I watched the game, I was watching the interview after the game, and I think it was Russell Wilson, or it might have been the coach, but I think it was Russell Wilson said, you know what, we just, I mean, because y'all saw the game, right? They were losing, losing, losing. All of a sudden they came back, and it was crazy, and they won the game. But he said all we had to do was we had to be patient, and we kept on believing. If you're in your pit, Be patient and believe. He will pull you out. He will accomplish what he has set out for your life. You understand? Now, here's a question. What are you committed to? Are you committed to a great, rosy, beautiful life? Retirement, you know, RSPs, go live in Tahiti somewhere. Are you committed to accomplishing God's will for your life. Which means you may die broke. It go both ways, you know. All right. What are you committed to? Last but not least, 
let's spend a few minutes here. The self-created pit. Samson. Did he create his pit or what? He said it. You taught on Samson before. Y'all know his story, right? What he did. Most of us, most of us, let's be honest with each other here. Let's be honest, right? Most of us are in this category, right? We create our own pits, right? A lot of times our sin will derail us, and a lot of times we'll give up hope. We stop being patient, and we stop believing because I created this pit. We allow Satan to heap years and years of guilt on top of us to keep us down, to keep us in the pit that we created. We listened to what our mom said, and it's true. It's true what my mama said now. She said, you made that bed. Now you have to lie in it. So we just lie in it. We just stay in it. We just stay in it, not even thinking about getting up. Samson had a call in his life. For he said, behold, you shall, he's talking to his mama now. This is an angel of the Lord was speaking to, 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 to Samson's mama. He said, for behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be, the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Next one. And he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. That was his call. The destiny, the job that God had for Samson was to to begin the deliverance of the Israelites from the hand of the Philistines. That was his job. That's what he was called to do. Amen? Y'all understand that? Y'all with me? Y'all ain't falling asleep on me, are y'all? Y'all with me? But we know what happened. Did he get derailed on the way? Oh, yes, he did. We all know his story. He had a problem with the women. I mean, come on, he was a big, I mean, he was a big dude, right? He had muscles, I mean. Sure, he was a handsome guy. If he wasn't, he was just big and strong. He just picked the girl up and she would be like, <laughs> Bible said he had seven locks of hair, so I guess it was like dreadlocks or something like my man back there. Not yet. He said we could trade. Not yet. Oh, I won't go there. I won't go there. I, won't go there. I was going to say, I don't know what heaven is going to be like when we get to heaven. If we get everything back, if I get hair, I want dreads. I mean, like, long, just like. So I see, I'm like, man. I won't be married because we're in heaven, right? So I don't have to worry about my wife saying, ooh, you know, it won't be anything like that. It's just I get to just do, you know. Uh, uh, let me stop. Let me, let me get back to here. So he had a problem with women. He had a problem with anger. Y'all know that, right? I mean, he went off. I mean, you mess with him, he'll burn all your crops down with foxes. Y'all just got to read. Y'all got to read Judges 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Just read that, and you'll be like, what? Crazy story. Y'all know what he did, right? Uh Uh-oh, somebody answered. 
Go to the next one. In Samson's life, Samson's life proves this, that God is bigger than our sin. God is bigger than our sin, y'all. Don't say, but God, I did this. 20 years ago, I did that. Two days ago, I did that. Yeah, God knows that. He don't need to be reminded. Actually, he does need to be reminded. Because when you confess your sin and you repent, guess what he does? He takes that sin and he does what? Puts it behind his back. In other words, he remembers it no more. So all of a sudden, but God, I did this. He's like, did what? I'm done with that. Aren't you done with that? God is bigger than our sin. God is bigger than our limitations. We all have some weakness. We all got some issue that we're dealing with. God is bigger than that. But I really, I'm having problems with women. I understand that. And yet, we, hey, by the grace of God, we're going to work through that. But I'm bigger than that. But I'm, you know, I got a problem with this. I got a problem with that. What? Please. Don't you know who I am? I'm God. Y'all get that? He's bigger than that. But in order for us to accomplish God's plan for our life, we need to, we need to understand a couple of things. Go to the next one. We need to realize that it's God's plan, it's God's timing, we got to do it God's way, and we got to do it in God's power. This is where Samson had a problem. All right? Samson forgot that it was God's plan. Samson was just like, hey, you know what? I'm supposed to start whooping the Philistines, so he just started whooping the Philistines. God was like, nah, man, I didn't want you to do it that way. You know, that's, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11. We love quoting that, right? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. Oh, you know what the key, we love that verse because it talks, it's so positive, it's so great, and it gives me a hope in the future. But you know what the key to that verse is? It's at the beginning. For God says, for I know the plans I have for you. In other words, God knows what he has for you, not you. It's his plan, not yours. And if you want to know his plan, you, base, you better stay connected to him. Because he may turn left and you keep going straight and you're in trouble. You understand? It's his plan. It's his timing. We ever get impatient with God? Abraham did. And made it Ishmael. You ever get impatient with God? You ever make it Ishmael? I know I have. Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it's God's way. It's God's way, not my way. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was like, y'all remember that? He was crying. He was bleeding. He was, I, mean, he was, I mean, he was crying. He was like, God, is there any way I don't have to do this? But then he says, not my will, your will. In other words, not my way, your way. And if my, your way is for me to get hung up on this cross, for me to be separated from you, let's get it done. His way and by his power, not your strength. You play well and you do all that well, great, hallelujah, but it's not your power that does that. It says in Zechariah 4, it's not by might, it's not by strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, that anything of mine will get done. Y'all understand that? Go to the next one, my friend. The 
thing that happened to Samson was, even though he created his own pit, even though he messed up over and over and over and over again, this is what happened to him. Now, we got to read a little bit, but we're just going to go real fast. All right. Then Samson said to the boy who was holding his hand. See, what had happened was they finally captured Samson. Y'all know the story, right? He lost his strength, blah, 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 Delilah. She pulled a fast one on him. Bad, boy. Oh, my. Don't forget. They even plucked out his eyes. Here, the mighty ruler of Israel, who was a judge, he ruled Israel for 20 years. The strongest man, destroying people left, right, and center. One time he killed a thousand people with a donkey's jaw. That's a bad man. But now look at him. He was blind, in prison, pushing this big old stone, milling the wheat and the grain or whatever. The king, the judge, the one in charge, was doing manual labor. Are you kidding me? What happened to the call in his life? What happened to the fact that he was supposed to begin Israelites' freedom from the Philistines? What happened to that? This is what happened. Then Samson said to the boy who was holding his hand, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. The, Philist, the, the, kingdom of, the Philistine kingdom had five key cities, and there was a king in each one of those. And that's how they ran things. And they were in, they were in charge of Israel. They were ruling over Israel. There were five kings, and they were all there. And 3,000 men and women were on the roof looking while Samson was amusing them. They were laughing at him and, you know, making fun of him. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, please remember me. Please strengthen me just this time. Oh, God, that I may at once be avenged for the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house was rested. He braced himself against them with one on his right and one on the, and the other with his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bent, in other words, he pushed. He pushed, he bent with all his might so that the house fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed in his life. In other words, he began to do what? He began to do what? Free Israel from the Philistines. Remember, the five kings that ran were dead. 3,000 of the, you know, the, the most important people of the land, dead. Let me tell you something. Whether it takes 30 years or 30 seconds, God will accomplish the will he has on your life. Say that again. Whether it takes 30 years, say like Joseph, or whether it takes 30 seconds, say like Samson, God will accomplish the call he has on your life. Do you now see that the call is bigger than the pit? Stand up. Let's pray. God, we realize that you have a call in our life. We realize, Lord God, that there is a, a place, a destination, a way that you want us to go. 
Father God, we realize and we know, Lord Jesus, that when you call something into being, Lord God, it will come to pass. You, you said, Lord God, let there be light. There was light. You said, let there be a cow or a donkey. There was cows and donkeys. And so, Lord God, when you speak something into being, it is powerful, Lord God. And Father, we know that the pits of life can sometimes derail us. But Lord God, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus, that this will give us hope. That if we're in a pit right now, whether the pit was caused by somebody else, whether the pit was caused by ourselves, or whether the pit was allowed by you, that we will stick to the calling of our life. Lord God, we will sit down, learn the lessons of this place, and keep moving. Father, we're at the start of a new year. And a lot of us have made resolutions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I pray, Lord God. That in this year, that we will be committed to following the call of you on our lives, regardless of where we are. I pray your strength on all of us, Lord God, to accomplish your will, your plan, and your timing, and your way, and only by your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give uh, Mark a hand, shall we?